been way too long and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Tata PTM. 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 My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. What's up, people? Welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives today. This is Justin over here in Los Angeles. We've got Mike over in the UK. Yo. Today, getting a little music episode in. It's going to be Top Five 90s One Hit Wonders. Juicy. It's a juicy one today, Mike. Such a tough list. I, Holy this shit. is literally our childhood, and anything that didn't make the list, just I feel like I've betrayed myself. I am still, which if you've listened to a lot of these podcasts, you know, it's not that this is necessarily something that doesn't happen a lot, but I am just sitting here still debating my number five pick because I feel like I'm betraying at least three other songs if I don't include them. It's just insane. Well, oh while God. you're while we're still sort of on the brink of deciding, um, I will mention kind of what I've done in terms of compiling my list. I and my list ended up very different than I thought it would because as I was listening to a bunch of songs, I kind of okay, yes, I like the songs that are there, but what I ended up getting distracted by, I think, was the you know, how iconic it was at the time and like the 90s nostalgia vibes that I love so much that it was giving me. So this list, I think, is very much like how I'm feeling about the 90s in 2020, like locked in my house, just remembering all these songs, and just getting flooded with the emotions of childhood. Wow. That's pretty legendary. I'd say... I'm on a semi, I don't know, I'm on a halfway that page, halfway sort of, it's never faltered for me, but I feel like there were certain picks that were inevitable for me, no matter what. And especially if any of you listening know me, I have a feeling, you know, at least two or three that there's no chance are not on this list for me. But at the same time, it was that it was like, you know, I love all this music. I still listen to 90s music today. You know, probably some of the music I listen to the most. I probably listen to 90s 90s and early 2000s rock and then like house and techno of today. That's probably like what I listen to the most in my current day and age. But visiting some of, you know, revisiting some of these one-hit wonders, definitely some songs that I haven't listened to in a while. Oh my god, the nostalgia is just insane. And there's there's a couple songs that I just they just scream 90s and it's insane. Dude, you know what else I found interesting was like, yeah, so I haven't listened to like any of these songs in 25 years. And you know, the oldest that we would have been when these songs came out was like 10, right? And there was limited internet. So, like, I learned a lot of things about these songs that I just didn't know because we were just kids, you know? Oh and it's God, just like, wow, now they have, like, Wikipedias, and I, have like, know so much more about them. <laughs> I feel the exact same. It's like you, we didn't know anything about the song except maybe the music video and if if maybe it was in, like, a movie since a lot of songs were on soundtracks back in the yeah. day. Yeah, Like, oh, it's crazy. Um well, shit, I think we just need to get into this because I'm still sitting here debating and it's it's going to kill me if I don't just start. Well, then start us off. No, I want you to start us off today because I, oh. I, I still want to have a couple minutes to debate number five. <laughs> okay. All right. So my number five, I, I have no idea how you'll react to this, but like this is a absolutely quintessential 90s song for me, despite really being 
a one-hit wonder, at least as far as I'm aware. And that is Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. Wow! Oh my god. This is literally the most 90s song of all time. It sounds it sounds so much like Jewel and like um Kiss Me, that Sixpence None the Richer song, which Sixpence None the Richer is such a 90s band name, by the way. Oh, 90s. It's insane. Also, don't they have two hits? I think they have two hits. Maybe, maybe. They're not on my list, but shout out whoever you are. Me either. But it's also just this low key banger, and then it's just like, oh man, dude, the bridge is literally just like ooze, and the video is just like this nonsense, like shot on a sound stage, and it is like that jewel vibe that was like so big in the 90s which was like there's a lot of you know a lot of female artists kind of getting getting some play which is great but like in a super generic sounding way and australia's natalie imbruglia just absolutely epitomizes that for me but this song it, it what really put it over the edge for me is this passes the I've never one time in my life intentionally listened to this song and yet I know every single word and kind of love it test. And that's, that's where I'm at with this. Dude. First of all, I want you to know, this is one of the songs I was struggling with over the number five spot. Okay. Don't put it then. Perfect. to keep it off the list now. Such a fucking banger and dude, great, great description totally a jewel vibe jewels awesome but this song is the best i think like of that vibe yes that vibe song also not sure if you saw this in your looking up of it today but i and if you didn't no no worries because i just learned this about 20 minutes ago but did you know that this song is a cover Yes, I did see that, but I I didn't take any note of like who who had no, sung I've, it previously. I've, I've never well, I've never heard the original song, but it's by I'll give you the name right now. Um, it is a song by Edna Swap, E D N A S W A P. Big shout out Edna Swap. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> oh my god, what an, what a pick. I also read on Wikipedia that the physical single of this song sold more than 4 million copies. That's insane. Like, I kind of remember buying, like, some single CDs back in the day, like an FYE or whatever, but, like, not many. And just 4 million physical co- I mean, insane. That's Natalie more than Brown. most people have ever sold physical albums of. Absolutely insane. And this is the time when like, well, we'll get to it with some of our other songs, but like you literally needed one song to sell an album. Like I owned so many albums where you just had the one hit and like, that's it. And you know, just, yeah. You know, what's crazy, Mike, about you saying that is when I, that's exactly what I was sort of reminiscing on while listening to all these songs. I was like, holy shit. Like to an extent, it was so much easier to be in a successful band back then because what you truly needed was one hit and to get that into the hands of the right person who would either get, you know, who would get you on the radio today. It's so hard because there's so many platforms to put your music out on it's so hard to get noticed amongst everything. And it's like, I think of a few of our friends that are in bands or have their own projects. And I'm like, holy shit. Like I, I feel confident they would have been big back in these days. Cause some of these bands, I mean, all the ones pretty much we're talking about today had one song and all of their other songs have like so few listens on Spotify, for instance. Yeah. yeah, they toured, made a shit ton of money for, you know, a few years and, you know, are making money to this day off streaming for whatever their res- respective one hit wonder is. Yeah. Well, I hope we get, you know, Edna Swap some play because I feel bad that, that they didn't take off and Natalie stole their shit and got famous. Yeah, they clearly deserve some. They clearly deserve a little love. But I'm so glad you like this song. Wow, I didn't I didn't know what your vibe was going to be, and I'm I'm so glad. I'm a massive fan of Torn. I love. I, le- that. I legit am going to go as far as to say it's it's one of, if not my favorite, female solo act hit from the '90s. Well, wait, wait till you get to my number four. Holy shit! I, I cannot 
wait. And I have, I have an idea. Well, I don't know for sure, but there's one other one. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. But anyways, all right. My number five, which as I've been saying, I've been toiling over. I'm deciding to keep it as is, which is a song that I've loved for a very long time now. And, I, and I'd feel wrong leaving it out of this list. I'd feel wrong, especially because I think it gets a little less love than certain other one hit wonders. Although a lot of love still. And that is going to be the 1997 song Flagpole Sitta by Harvey Danger. Oh, wow. This is a bit of a deep cut, I would say. Oh, thank you. And I, I like this. So they still, I have to give props. They still play it out on the rock radio out here in California. But with that said, I do feel like it's a slightly deeper cut than like the main, the main the main ones. And I agree with that. Thank you. And yeah, this song, I've always, always loved this. I mean, it's in American Pie. And ever since, you know, seeing it in American Pie back in, you know, 99, this song has done it for me. I always thought it was sweet. I, I'd say when I was younger, I thought of it exclusively in relation to American Pie. I think as I've gotten older and sort of maybe college aged and then moving to LA about, you know, nine years ago, it's become a a standard in my throwback rotation. And it's just such a fucking good song. Like, and it builds throughout the song, the part, it's sort of like, it finally gets to this point where it's just like builds to points like, da, 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 da. Uh, what does it do? Paranoia, paranoia, da, 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 it's coming to get me. It's just, it's such a fucking good yeah, song. It really is. This one is is a good song. Yeah, like, I would definitely listen to this today. It absolutely is. And, you know, I don't really know much at all about Harvey Danger. I, I did a little digging um, with this, and I guess the song at the time it was written as a response to the like Seattle grunge scene of the nineties and it's like effect on mainstream culture. Um, but yeah, I, the band itself, this was their biggest hit. They're from Seattle again. That's why the song is written about, you know, Seattle. Um, but yeah, they played their final show in 2009 their i think it's bassist sadly died is that let me just let me just check yeah he died in 2016 but yeah i fucking love this song you should check it out flagpole sitta okay love that great start i think i think so too um all right my number four is I I think about this song like probably way too often for something I really didn't listen to back in the day, but it just, I have like weird memories of other people listening to it and it's just so 90s. It cannot be topped in that respect. It is the greatest sort of female empowerment anthem of the time. And that is Bitch by Meredith Brooks. Wow. What a fucking pick. I actually forgot about this song, even though I literally have listened to it in the past year. Holy shit, that's a fucking, that's a pick right there. That is and, such an anthem, such a female anthem. And it, it like took over. It, it, it was at number two on the Billboard Hot 100 for a while. And it was like, God, everything about it is just so, so of the time. I mean, you'll have to go watch the video. It almost looks like the Sugar Ray video for Fly. Like it has like weird, <laughs> weird, like sort of psychedelic, like pattern, like heavy, like like dark blue color um, to it, which makes no sense at all. Uh, you know, she sang at Lilith Fair, which is like an extremely 90s event that like you just kind of had to be there to appreciate um you know everybody there was a big thing at the time and kind of i think probably still now if you heard it do you remember everybody thought the song was by alanis morissette like yes. it was just a weird thing. people thought it was and it was pre-internet and like you just didn't look it up 
they did to be fair it sat the you know she sounds a little bit similar to Alanis. 100 percent. um this song was also in the in what women want which is another extremely 90s sounding thing oh my god um and the last last thing that i had no idea until yesterday there is a, a video well i guess in 2004 vh1 had a reality show like they had a million reality shows called in search of the partridge family okay and a 16 year old at the time named emily now emma stone auditioned for that program singing this song meredith brooks's bitch and there's a video online or at least a clip that you could find of it and it's legendary oh my god okay dude I'm I'm a little bit stunned at this pick and that I didn't even I did I totally forgot about this song. Well the like, the weird thing is kind of like, you know, I wouldn't have listened to it back then because like I don't know, I was like seven and this like, oh, this is like a girl song. But like it was just in the ether. It was everywhere. It it really was. And and you're so right to say that you listen to it you'd listen to it more now. It's yeah. just, that's just how it is. It's just back then for whatever reason, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it was just a guy thing, but you know, that's, and what's weird because like I listened to Jewel a bunch. I listened to, I listened to Natalie Ambruglia. I listened to some other artists that were female no singers, sure. but like, yeah, no doubt. But like for some reason, this one didn't hit connect with me when I was younger, but now it's like, oh, it is fucking dope. Like it is a dope song. It's also like, uh, you know, they the the label. I think it's Capital was like really hesitant to like put this out as the mm-hmm. single because it's it's called Bitch, which is like, okay, that's what makes the song so good. But that also is just an extremely '90s thing where like everyone was freaking out about like explicit content in everything, and like that's just what was happening. And like obviously, it wouldn't you know, no one would bat an eyelash at it now, but mm-hmm. like. It was it was a big deal. It absolutely was, and that she is a true one hit wonder. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anything else about her. No, or that she's. It, it's like Natalie and Bruglia. You could say like she did some acting, I think, in Australia. Yeah, she it's did. Like, I guess I guess Harvey Danger. They're they're pretty legit one hit wonder as well. But these are all amazing one hit wonders so far. Um. I'll roll that into another absolute one-hit wonder. No questions. This one is definitely a big a big one, I think, but it's just such a staple of my it's been a staple of my life for so long from when I would listen and wait for the video on VH1 back in the day to literally now hearing it at bars and it is the 1998 single closing time by semi-sonic that just missed my list go oh, ahead it's such a good fucking song um yes. so semi-sonic they're an american band they formed in minneapolis in 95 it's a three-piece a trio um and in the states this was pretty i mean really in the states they are undoubtedly a one-hit wonder i learned through looking up stuff that apparently in europe in like the uk another song from that same album with closing time the the album feeling strangely fine i guess this other song secret smile became a uk radio hit in 99 um with that said i've never heard of it until this day and looking at their spotify seems to mainly back up what i'm saying and that closing time has hundreds of millions of listens and their next biggest song i think has like 10 million maybe um anyways this song apparently by the way was originally written about the birth of the lead singer dan wilson's first child 
Yeah, so I read that. I'm not sure I get that, but I read it. I know. I was like trying to think about that and relate it to the song. And and maybe I get it in the sense of like he's saying it's closing time on the chapter of his life where he can do all these th- You know, I mean, it's closing time on, on a chapter of his life. And some of that's obviously maybe in his eyes going to include not being able one last call for alcohol, you know, maybe can't be drinking all the time anymore. Can't be doing certain things. I can get it. I can get it. Obviously much more literally it's the greatest final song at a bar ever. Just play it at closing time. Or in any sort of like compilation video, like after someone's career. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's just so it can be used for so many things, so many occasions it's a song that, I mean, it's just, it'll be known, I think, for a very long time to come because it's just so universal. And it captures like a, you know, a, a sort of vibe that, that was really popular at the time and then would only become more so with like sort of Y2K the next year or whatever. But like just, there's a lot of songs that are about like, you know, either let's go for it tonight because like it's ending tomorrow or like everything is sort of ending soon. And like we had a good run. Totally. It was a, a popular sentiment in 98, 99. And even when I listen to it today, it gives me those feels of like, it bring not only does it bring me back to that time, but it also just makes me in general nostalgic about, about a lot of things and also makes me, want to get in it you know situations like that again you know yeah it's uh this song is i think of all the songs i would talk about today it may be one of like the absolute best songs like it's it's a really well written track and it sticks in your head for that reason but it's like it has some meaning behind it too this is uh yeah this one stands out not just for being you know nostalgic of a time but like really a good song i agree and even when you listen to it you sort of forget it's like over four minutes long it's got a nice like guitar sort of breakdown towards the end yeah it's it's a good song and i'd i'd say that too i'd say there's probably only one other song on my list that i think is is maybe even a better song but this is this is a good one this is a really good one are we going to talk about friends with benefits with justin timberlake uh oh my god this there's like this whole, there's this whole thing where he thinks it's third eye blind at the end oh my god it's oh man i have to go on the, the slightest slightest tangent because of because of that so i want you to know literally last night not in any part due to this podcast i went down a bit of a third eye blind rabbit hole i'm i'm a pretty I'd say I'm a relatively big fan of Third Eye Blinds in the sense of I always liked them growing up. In the last five to eight years, I've become a bigger fan, really dug into their discography, loves, love a few of their albums very passionately. But I've always heard about how much of a dick Stephen Jenkins is in real life. And I don't know if you know this, Mike, but there's this whole, you know, Thing with the original band members where he like behind their backs changed the contract for their first album deal the oh, night shit. the night before they handed it in and they didn't find out till like much later that he had just switched everything so that he is essentially the owner of all their music and makes the most money by far off of it and it's been Fuck. this yeah long-term legal thing with the other members and it's really unfortunate but anyways i was led down a rabbit hole because i unfortunately saw this uh i don't know how i got there but i got to this this tweet from last year where the jimmy eat world drummer and jimmy Eat world those guys are known as such stand-up good guys they had gone on tour with third eye blind last summer and the day after the tour ended the drummer tweeted like i i never do this but i need to get off my chest that steven jenkins is a total creep like it was an absolute like he's a total douchebag we will never tour with them again and i just i need to get it off my chest that 
how weird of an individual and, you know, douchey he is. And it led me down a rabbit hole of just all these stories. And dude, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy gets me too soon. Oh, damn. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. We're not, obviously, yeah. you know, the you got to supply some proof, but it, let's just put it this way. It doesn't sound good based on how many stories I saw. Damn. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate. I think they're a great band, but he seems to unfortunately not be the coolest guy. Dude, while we're on a tangent, is it, is it C19 or is it C9? Oh, at Astro Burger? Yeah. C9. C9, okay. C9, if you're in LA, Los Angeles, Santa Monica Boulevard, and Gardner Street Astro Burger, C9 on the juke, semi-charmed life. Love that. All right, let's get to your number three. All right, number three. It is Informer by Snow. Wait, I don't, I can't think of this one. Oh, no, you know this song. I wish I could sing it, but nobody knows the words, and that's half the fun. That's the one that goes, Informer, something, 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 something. A licky boom, boom, down. And it's like this reggae song. I know I know it because I'm like, I'm looking it up right now and I know I know it. I just can't. I'll, I'll listen to it the second we finish. You, um, you'll know it immediately. But it it's so like, one hit that you won't know. Like no one else would know who he is, right? Because it's really one hit. Yeah, this seems like a deep cut. Dude, this is a. Also, I, ju- I don't know how I missed this, but like last year or maybe late 2018. Uh, Daddy Yankee released like a I guess we're calling it a reimagined version of this song and dude it has like over a billion views on YouTube like what? I mean Daddy, Daddy Yankee always gets mad play but like I didn't even know the song existed and it's it's pretty legit holy shit okay but, but yeah another thing like this is this was another one that like is so obvious in retrospect but like being a kid and then again like not having the internet like this song is all about how like someone ratted on him and he ended up in prison. And this is true. He ended up in prison for like attempted murder. And it was like, it was eventually brought down to like aggravated assault. But like, yeah, it's all about like beating up or killing, depending on how you look at it. Like this guy that ratted on him and now he's in prison. But, but which is weird for it to be like a hit. Like, and it's kind of a, a weird song in general, but it's, you know, it's it's this white guy that is singing this like reggae song, like one of the highest selling reggae songs of all time, mm-hmm. and it it's just bizarre. Like he's he's not he's not Jamaican. He's from Toronto, and he just like I I guess the story. I, I mean, who knows if this is true? But I read like a little article about it. I guess the story is essentially that like due to some uh, you know a friendly sort of immigration policies when he was younger a lot of people like from jamaica moved into his neighborhood and then just like introduced him to this music and then he was just like hooked and when he went to jail he he wasn't a singer like he didn't really have sort of dreams of being one and then he just kind of like wrote this song about getting fucked over and then like ended up releasing a cut and and has been sort of riding it ever since unbelievable I need to listen to it. I'm like stuck on trying to fit. I'm, I need to listen to this. You will 100% know. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, definitely a deep cut. My number three, and really the rest of mine are just not deep cuts at all, but they're absolute bangers that deserve to be in the top five. In my opinion, number three. Tub thumping by Chumbawamba. Uh, okay, you go and then I'll explain. Okay. So I this song, this outside of just the fact that it is by a band called Chumbawamba, which just is something it's called tub thumping. And <laughs> the lyrics, of course, were debated forever as a child it was you know what are they really saying are they are they saying pissing the night away 
kissing the night away. It actually is pissing the night away, but um, it's just, I'm getting a little jumbled up for words right now because I don't even know what really to say about it, except that it's absolutely legendary. They, John Cho totally makes a Chumbawamba joke in the latest American Pie, American Reunion. It's amazing. Just the, I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. It's ingrained in every human skull. Everyone knows it. He drinks a whiskey drink. He drinks a vodka drink. He drinks a lager drink. He drinks a cider drink. It's just outrageous. It's outrageous. It's just with, and also with that said, it's such a simple, it's sort of such a simple song. It's sort of great what it's saying. It's just, it's outrageous. I love it. Most humans love it. And the band itself, funny enough, was around for a long time. They formed in 82. They broke up in 2012. So they were around for 30 years. And they always, like, changed musical styles. They were pretty, pretty fucking all over the place band and some pretty strong political stances. But this is the only song that anyone really knows of theirs. False. False. Wow, Mike knows another song. I so, knew something was coming. This isn't on my list because I refuse to recognize it as a one-hit wonder. Wow. That, well, wait, I should step back. So it very much is a one-hit wonder, and no one else knows any other songs. That's fair. You do. That. For me personally, you know, this is one of those songs. I got the album because of this one song, which is proof that it happened. And then I had a you know a discman, and I went on a trip to visit like my grandparents, and you know you can only bring like so many fucking CDs, and I just listened to this album a ton, and there's a song drip drip drip, there's a song <laughs> amnesia, and it's it's all like really like you're saying like, it's really experimental stuff, and I don't even know if it's good, but. I yeah, I got really into this album like strangely, and that's the only reason why it doesn't make it on my list. <laughs> hey, that's fair. You have you have a personal connection to it. It's fair, but it's I mean yeah, it is a one hit wonder. It is an absolute classic. It's a ridiculous song that just kind of gets the people going, and it's just it it's it's unbelievable, really. It's just. It's low-key genius. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Anyways, that's number three. Okay, my number two, uh, similar kind of vibe in a sense to what we were talking about with Semisonic. That is Save Tonight by Eagle Eye Cherry. What an absolute fucking banger. It's in my honorable mentions. Wow. So this one... uh yeah, this is exactly like the I would sit around watching MTV or whatever to for this video to like come back on. And I remember like watching it so many times and I thought the song was so cool. And it is even now it's like so it's so many cover bands like play this song. Like you'll hear it in some capacity every now and then and it's still a, a really well constructed song. But Eagle Eye Cherry I always thought that Eagle Eye Cherry was like one of these classic, like kind of nonsense, ridiculous 90s band names. It is not. The man singing the song, his real name is Eagle Eye Cherry. What? Yes, dude. No, 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 no. So he's, you know, his parent, like his family name is Cherry and he's a Eagle Eye. Choctaw descent. So I think is is maybe like one of his parents is is Choctaw, the other one is black. Um and his real name is Eagle Eye. Absolute legend. And he's born in Sweden. And that's where he lives now. It is just, unbelievable. Just riding out his days in Sweden. I mean, he probably makes so much money still, you think off this song. Yeah. It has like three hundred some odd million listens on Spotify. This one is it's it's very of the time, but also like deserves so much play because it's it's just catchy enough to get in your head, you know. You're very, I think, on the mark comparing it directly to closing time because they're both songs that you can relate to your everyday life still today. For, and they're well sure. constructed songs, and they just they're really catchy. They just like you, you just can't 
whether you really like them or don't, like they're still stuck in your head regardless. So and also in an on the nose way, they're both about not wanting the night to end. That's right. Oh, eagle eye. Eagle eye. Great pick. My number two is a banger of all bangers that my best friend David Kramer and I have been singing together for 20 years. And that is My Own Worst Enemy by Lit. Okay, you go again. Oh my god, are you going to say this is another not a one-hit wonder? Dude, it isn't a one-hit wonder, and it oh, is epic. Okay, I knew that you were going to say that, maybe because of, like, fucking Ziploc or something. But if you... I mean, Lit is, in my opinion... And, and there's a band that I kept off the list that I'll talk about after. Because I truly didn't don't think they're a one-hit wonder, and they have the stats to back it up on Spotify and whatnot. I double checked with Lit just because I knew they had a one other song that a few people know. No, 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 no. They, in my opinion, are a full-on one-hit wonder. Yes, maybe you know them. Maybe you listened to an album of theirs because I did. I did. I listened to the album that this is on, Place in the Sun, whereas some of these other songs are strictly, strictly, that's the song you never listen to anything else. But for me... This is still a one-hit wonder. There's no other song that was that was an actual hit. The stats back it up. I fucking love this song. It's on rock radio to this day, as it should be. It's just so relatable for so many people, I think. So many guys, especially. It's, it's a ridiculous song. It's an energetic song. It is just it's so fucking 90s modern rock and it's uh even hilarious more hilarious the the two uh two of the guys in the band are brothers and they're just known for just loving just like getting fucked up drinking jägermeister which just makes them that much more legendary. And they look like it. They look like guys. They literally look exactly like it. Um, Anyway, I'm an absolute massive fan of this song. Again, anyone listening right now, I think probably would have guessed this would be on my list. It's definitely one that gets, you know, attributed with me or, you know, tacked on when people think of me that are close with me. Anyway, my own worst enemy. So it definitely is a one-hit wonder. I mean, it, it, it 100% qualifies. But because it's so good, some people have gone to listen to a few of their other songs. Obviously, none of them reach this level because this song is an absolute masterpiece. And you know from like literally the first note, you're like, oh, fuck. This oh is like, it's going down. Yes, it is just oh, it's still so goddamn good, and but I mean it is so '90s, but like it plays so well today, especially if you were there. It just and I think the fact, Mike, that it came out in '99, it sort yeah. of crosses over with that early 2000s rock as well. It definitely did because I was listening to this in high school for sure. Definitely, and then and once you started getting drunk, it like takes on the full meaning, right? Hundred percent. Can you? Can you? Remember the amount of times in college we would blast this song? No, because I was too drunk for all of them. I mean, it's just the best. <laughs> it's literally the best. Oh. It really is a masterpiece. Big shout out, Lit. Big shout out. Still They're from one the of West the, Coast, right? They're from Orange County? They are. And yeah. still one of the only bands. Like, there's certain songs you just want to see live. And I have to say, this is one of the few... Bands that I really would only see to go see one song. And with that said, I'd only see them if they were like opening for another band I liked. Um, I still really want to see these guys one day just to see this song live. It almost happened with, I think they were opening up for, I, c- 
could be wrong, but maybe like Sugar Ray or something. But I I missed it, and I'm I'm sad. I'm sad. All right, new life goal. We've got to get lit on the pod, and then somehow find a way to do Jaeger bombs with them. Amazing. We got to get them on. It's what big it, big shout out. The Pop Off Brothers. Even their last name, Pop Off. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding? Damn it! I'm getting so excited just thinking about it. They're so and the video is money. Oh it, my god! It was shot in like a Las Vegas bowling alley. Of course it was. Of course it was, and they were doing Jaeger. I'm sure while they were fucking filming it. Love lit, and one of the greatest names for a band. <laughs> they were they were literally lit before it became a term that everyone they, used. They really were. They really they were, were. They were. They were innovators. They deserve so much more credit than they're getting. That that song is just incredible. They really do. Well, oh wow, great number two, great number you. two. I can't believe we're at number one, and I also am very both slightly surprised in a good way, and ha- so happy that we've had all different songs up to this point. I'm very curious what your number one is, and if it will overlap or not. I, you know, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if we've ever discussed my number one. I have no idea how you think about it. So I'm, I'm excited to tell you that my number one, the only choice it ever could have been, is Ice Ice Baby. Wow. Oh, my God. I have just fucking loved this song so much since, like, before I even have memories. It and it's led to a hilarious vanilla ice career, including cameos or roles in some of our favorite films. That's my boy and the new guy. Yes, yes. It, oh my god, just, and that's my boy, him playing himself is too good. It's it's too good. And it's all based on the strength of a song that's 30 years old now, you know? But like this is this is as soon as you hear that, all right, stop, I just boom. I could all the words forever. Like I remember being a kid and just like printing out lyrics so that I could like know all of the words to this and just like sing it for no reason. Cause even by then it was like not cool at all. And then there's like the iconic interview where he's trying to explain why it's not under pressure. And he's like, no, see they're doing ding, 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 ding. And I'm doing ding, 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 ding. Like and it's just like it's absolutely absurd. And then of course later I think he settled out of court because he clearly did just take the song. But like it just uh it's such a as much as the song is bad in a lot of ways and makes no sense, it is so well, good or bad, it is a huge milestone in white rap. Like I know Eminem like hates this song because he's like this made it harder for me to even burst onto the scene because it's so bad and it's like, it's white rap. It's not like just rap, which is what we're all trying to do, you know? Mm-hmm. But at the same at the same time, it's just, it is a big milestone in terms of like the mainstream world interacting with this, this type of music. And it's just, it's as 90s as you could ever be. It, this, I didn't know that this was your pick, it 1000% makes so much sense given everything that I know about you. And I mean, it's an absolutely iconic track. Yeah. It's just insane. It's great choice. Great, great choice. My number one, we officially will have all different songs, which I fucking love. Yes. My number one, similar to you in that there was never for me a discussion of any song being number one over this song. This was a song that I was absolutely obsessed with. One of, I'd say, there's only one other song in history I can think of that I sat around more waiting to see the music video every single day, every single day. It's the 1998 song. You get what you give by the new radicals. I I have, I have to withhold comment. Please go. So 
first of all, I don't even know where to begin. The music video is epic. I'll never forget the the lead. You know, the the project was really one guy. I mean, it was two people really that had a full band, but the project was really just Greg Alexander and Danielle. Uh, apologies if I butcher your last name, uh, Brizza Brizza Boyce or Brizza Bois, and. Greg Alexander, he's a at this point a very successful songwriter and uh, producer. He's worked with so many people. He's won Grammys. Um, he decided he wanted to form a band. He formed the New Radicals. They were only literally a band for barely two years. I don't even know if they made it to two full years, and released one album. Maybe you've been brainwashed too. This was the debut single of the project, and it, it immediately became one of the biggest songs around the world. The first song that, the, that this group had ever put out, they broke up before even releasing the second single from the album. And it was because Greg Alexander said he had accomplished everything he'd wanted to accomplish, and he hated the life of a touring musician. It just wasn't wasn't what he wanted to do. He didn't want to be going to different cities, having to schmooze with execs. It's just not his not his scene. So he disbanded the group, and that was that. And they live on in, in history. But you get what you give. If I think of bucket hats, I think of I think of Greg Alexander. I think of him on the in on you know in the music video on the cover of the album with that bucket hat. It's just the song is timeless in my opinion. It's such a fucking. It is an ultimate '90s jam. It the little it's actually such an interestingly put together song. There is a bridge, but then there's the part at the very end where he goes off and says like the, you know, there's the, you know, the Beck and Hanson, Courtney Love, Marilyn Manson, that little fucking thing that he tangent, he goes on at the end. And this album actually, I have to say, so this, this is a band. I loved this song so much. I, I did buy the album and there's some great fucking songs on this album. It's a great album. And I'd say there's there's one or two other songs that some people might recognize from doing the same thing I did. There's Mother We Just Can't Get Enough, which I may like even more than you get what you give if I'm just talking about songs. And there's, um, what was the other single? Someday We'll Know. But it's like, again, these guys are an absolute one-hit wonder but they, it is a really fucking good album if you ever want to dig into it. it. I've always held out this like little hope that maybe Greg Alexander would want to get it, get the group together for maybe like a one-off at Coachella one day. But knowing how he is, that sounds like the epitome of everything he'd hate. So I know it'll never happen. But it's a nice little, it's a nice little dream that I have sometimes. Dude, uh, so the only reason I had to stop myself is because right before the pot this is the song that i was going to bring up and i didn't want to say as an example that like i feel like there are some other songs out there but it is clearly a one-hit wonder and i think oh, man dude i have to I, I i'm trying to look it up right now but this was on now two or like now three in the states there's different numbers over here i think okay like, it was one of the very early now albums and this was on there and that's where i first heard it but yeah it was a it was a since yeah now too i'm looking it up now it was a sense wow okay i forget everything i'm about to say i need to read you now too please uh baby one more time track one greatest opener ever you get what you give track two. Oh my god uh all right i'm skipping a little bit but closing time is track four I don't know why it's not the close of the album. I mean, that, was, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. That was right there. But, dude, I mean, Spice Girls is on here. Garbage. Dude, Cake, 98 Degrees. Oh, my oh, God. Father of Mine, Everclear. Oh. Why I got Sublime. 
I'll Never Break Your Heart, Backstreet Boys, Hard Knock Life. I mean, what an album. It's stacked. Uh, yeah, but that's where I first heard it, and then I ended up buying the album as well. And this was, yeah, you're, you're totally right about Bucket Hats, except for whoever the guy from Weedis is in the Teenage Dirtbag video. I think he wears that hat. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's what great, great pick. Great pick. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's a good album, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, but yeah, this is exactly, it, it clearly counts. But like if you dug deep, and Greg is, you know, like you said, he's done a bunch of other stuff. So yeah, he actually know. wrote the, um, I love the movie Begin Again. One of the, uh, what's the, what's the director's name? It is, he does all the music movies. Uh, John Carney, who did Sing Street Begin Again once. Yeah. Greg Alexander actually wrote the ba- the song Lost Stars, like the famous song from Begin Again that I, I think won an award, but maybe. maybe. But uh, I think he wrote it with the... With the girl from New Radical. With, exactly, yeah. Yeah, they still do stuff together to this day. And man, it's just insane that you could have that big of like... It's sort of badass that he the first song he ever released for his project was an absolute hit worldwide. You released an album that was that was critically acclaimed for the most part and then just break up. Insane. Insane. And yeah, man, it's again they're they're a lost treasure in my eyes. Like everyone will always know this song, but they they were a good band. If you ever want to just check out that that one album, maybe you've been brainwashed too. It's got some really good songs, especially, in my opinion, the opening track, Mother We Just Can't Get Enough. Great, great, great fucking song. Dude, great, great list. I love the direction that you went. Thank you. I love the direction you went. I feel like we both had such great yeah. like cuts. I mean, and look, it's very clear that the 90s, is the greatest decade of any decade in history. <laughs> Obviously. So we, we made our lists, but I'm, I'm sure we each have many honorable mentions we'd like to throw out there. A hundred percent. I'm I'll let's go song for song because I'm sure we have a okay. lot of the same, but I'll yeah. start one of the songs. I'd say maybe the song that gave me the most trouble to leave off, especially because in recent years I've gotten more nostalgic when I hear it. And it's also in the latest American Pie American Reunion is The Freshman by The Verve Pipe. Great track. Great, great track. Uh, All right. What I had as my number six was uh, I Touch Myself by The Divinals. Oh, my God. I forgot about that song. The scene scene in Austin Powers where he dances and all the fembots explode. Oh, my God. God, that is a great fucking pick. It's just, I don't even know like when I would listen to that song, but I saw Austin Powers so many fucking times that like it's just stuck in my head forever. Of course. And, oh, dude. I Okay, so I have to shout out a song that was going to be on my list. It was actually going to be number four. And I ended up, I ended up not including it because I don't believe that the band's a one-hit wonder. And that would be Bittersweet Symphony by The Verb. Yep, 100% agree with you. 100%. That's why it's not on my list. Thank you. Yes, I. it's such a fucking good song, and it's on so many one-hit wonders lists. But they really, that is for me crossing the line of where I can't call them a one-hit wonder because they have like, like Lucky Man is a fucking jam and has like 80 million fucking listens on Spotify. And like... There's multiple songs from the that album that Bittersweet's on that were awesome that like I know people know. And I have Lit and Bittersweet Symphony right next to each other in my notes. So Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. It's I think I'm glad I think you and me can unequivocally agree on the verve. Not a one hit wonder. But hundred percent. But great song. And I'm gonna I'm I'm going to throw out one more just because that one doesn't fully count, we're going to say. But sort of a deep cut, Mike, that it's funny because I think the band themselves, this band doesn't like being considered a one-hit wonder because on their Wikipedia, they claim a different song is their biggest hit. 
I absolutely do not agree with that, but Hey Leonardo, She Likes Me for Me by Blessed Union of Souls. Dude, I forgot all about that song, but that is a definite one-hit wonder and was definitely like a big like 104-1 song. She likes me for me. Incredible. Love that pick. Thank you. I didn't even consider that for my list. I forgot all about it. Yeah, I feel like it's a forgotten one. And I I've kept that one around for a long time. And whenever I that's like one of the few I feel like one hit wonders that if I bust out, a lot of people, holy fuck, I forgot about that one. Um, all right, my number, whatever it would have been, is uh I'm gonna call out All for You by Sister Hazel. Ooh. Love the Sister Hazel shout out. Dude, this is one that it 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 has that uh, sort of like Counting Crows vibe almost that was also kind yep. of popular. I think they're from Florida, this band. But like, yeah, this is one that will randomly pop in my head like once every couple of months. And it's just like the chorus has this like flowing aspect where like you somehow can get – even if you don't know the words, you could kind of figure them out because it's such a basic, simple song. And it's just – I don't know if they would ever did anything else, but good for you, Sister Hazel. Good for you. All right, I've got to drop another, I think, slightly deep cut, maybe. You can tell me, Mike. She's So High by Tal Bachman. Yeah. I don't. I didn't even know who that was by, but, like, yeah, 100%. It's a jam. I will go with, uh, well, I, I didn't put this on my list because I'm, I'm not, I wasn't able to convince myself it was a one-hit wonder, but in the same way that, like, Lit wasn't. Uh, that is... The Thong Song. Oh, it's a one-hit wonder, baby. It's no, Unleash the Dragon is a dope album. Forget <laughs> you. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it is so fucking legend. Oh, my song. God. Thong Song, it's legendary. Where he stops and he does the flip in the video, just unreal. Absolute beauty. Can we say in, in a somewhat, somewhat similar vein in the sort of hip-hop slash R&B realm, an absolute classic, Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-A-Lot. So the only reason Baby Got Back didn't make my list, and it's an absurd reason, like Tell all my other reasoning, is Butts didn't really have a moment in the 90s. You know? <laughs> he was singing about him, but like they really didn't catch on. They caught on in like the 2010s or like the late yeah, 2000s. He's a goddamn visionary. It just, it, yeah, it's not as 90s to me because of He's that. He's prophetic. Reason. He's a prophet. Yeah. Sir Mix a lot. We love you. We do. Good Seattle boy. Uh, um, give me another. Uh, dude, this is, this also, I, I, I found out that this is maybe not as much of a one hit wonder. This is kind of one like I think where if you ask the guy, like it'd be like, no, I have a great career. But like walking in Memphis, Mark Cohn. I don't know if I know this one. Oh my god, yes you do. Okay, I'll listen oh, to it the okay. second. Walking in Memphis. This is over. I'm I'm writing it down right now. In high uh, school, walking in Memphis was like my cruise, my own worst enemy. Like we ironically just jammed out to it all the time. Oh my god, okay. I am gonna listen to this along with snow right after this. Um, okay. Another one I'm going to throw out. Barely Breathing by Duncan Sheik. Wait, I don't even know what this is. Barely Breathing. I am barely breathing. You know, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Great, great jam that I also sort of sometimes forget about a little bit. How about Len Steal My Sunshine? Such a jam on my, Still on my jam. honorables. Still a jam. Love that intro and all of a sudden it just drops in. And that's another one like when you hear that first sound, you're like, oh, yep, I know what this is. Yep. Um, Gotta Drop Blue by Eiffel 65. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so outrageous. Of the like very iconic one-hit wonders, Blue has got to be like top three. It's Took it, over it, the world. it took over the world. And it was like, my brother bought the album. My brother That's, owns that album. Wow. It They literally seemed like just like these guys from the future or something. Dude, and uh, 
I would say Mbop is up there with like top three taking over. Hanson was a big thing. True. Was that they were nineties, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Also, Kramer would fucking kill me if I don't say this one. I don't know how we haven't yet. Of course, Mamba number five, Lou Bega. Lou Bega. Fucking massive how about, jam. How about uh, What is Love? That's literally the next one on my list. It's so fucking good. Night at the Roxbury? Come on. Yeah. I mean, that's what really sealed it was Night at the Roxbury where he breaks the window. That one was honestly in contention for my actual list. I'd say um, I'd say Verve Pipe, Freshman, that, Torn. Those three were all definitely in the in the mix, like for truly like consideration. Yeah. The yeah, Semisonic was really close for me as well. I'm glad you picked that one up. Of course. Uh, the last one I would shout out is to Black Velvet by Alana Miles. I gotta listen to this right after too. I'm right Black after. Velvet. It's just, oh wow, what oh a my jam! God, I can't remember it. Um, I'd say I have two more that I'm gonna shout out real quick. One is not a one hit wonder in my eyes, but a lot of lists consider it one no rain by blind melon dude not a one-hit wonder at all in my opinion r.i.p shannon hoon but like yeah not not a one-hit wonder a lot of people consider them a one-hit wonder i totally agree man great band so i wanted to shout it just in case people like oh how they 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 not include that well we didn't include it because they're not a one-hit wonder but a but an actual one-hit wonder a song that was played in my house a lot when I was younger that I, I forgot about fully until a couple years ago and it sort of came back to me and I looked it back up. Sonny Came Home by Sean Col- Colvin. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Sonny Came Home, dun, 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 and a day's come back. Nah. Gotta check it out, bro. It's, it's, a, it's a female singer. She's a ah, great song, great song. Okay, yeah, I will definitely jump. I'm glad that, that I fucking got one that you didn't know. There we go. I'm sure I'm sure I'll remember it when I hear it, but yeah, that's that's a good call. Definitely. Um that's that's it for me, man. I'm tapped out after that. Yeah, I think we hit all the major ones. Uh, great list. Let's just recap each of our lists just for anyone oh, yeah. listening. So what was yours? Five down to one. I am torn, bitch, informer. Save Tonight and Ice Ice Baby. Amazing. I am Flagpole Sitta by Harvey Danger at five, Closing Time Semisonic, Tub Thumping Chumbawamba, My Own Worst Enemy by Lit, and at number one, You Get What You Give by New Radicals. <sighs> I got to say, I was nervous because this was hard. You know, it felt it was tough to not put all those songs on there, but. I think we really covered the 90s. I mean, that was it. These are the biggest ones. These are all the songs that you should still go listen to. I am really happy with how this turned out. I, I agree. I think we covered pretty much anything you could think of. There's there's probably a few songs maybe somehow we missed, but pretty much I think we just got everything. Yeah. Well, obviously, you know, hit us up. Let us know what we forgot because uh, yeah, I'm sure there's a few out there that we're going to be kicking ourselves, but – but please, yeah, so tell us. You can get us on Instagram at Top Fives and Deep Dives, Twitter at Top Dives, and you can get us on email, Top Fives and Deep Dives at gmail.com. Please let us know. Let us know if we missed anything. And you know what? I think I actually just remembered one we missed, Mike, right before we sign off. Oh I actually god. just thought of two that we missed that are massive. Yes, a late edition. Oh my god, late editions. Thank God. I literally was just ragging my brain. One headlight by the wallflowers. Wait, I don't know that song either. Oh, you know it. You know it. I'm sure. Okay. All right. It's, it's Jacob Dylan is the lead singer who's the son of Bob Dylan. Um, but one headlight's massive. You trust me, you know it. Listen to it after. And also, how could we forget Return of the Mac? Oh wow, what a track. Yep. We should have yeah. And yeah. one more, one more. Sex and Candy, Marcy Playground, baby. Oh yeah. 
Another great 1041 song. That was just constant. Truly. That that is a fucking big one, Sex and Candy. I'm glad that I'm glad that we thought about that right at the end, right before signing off. We, we, yeah, we threw out a few Minnesota bands too. Big shout out Minnesota. Minnesota getting some love today. Yeah. Well, Man, great additions. Love that. Thank you. And it's been a fucking it's this ah, oh, it's been a great week. Great week. We'll see everyone next week, yeah? Yeah. All right. Well, listen, have a have a good holiday, man. I guess you guys will be hearing this sort of right around New Year. So hope everyone had a good holiday and a good New Year. Yeah. Hope, you know, happy holidays, happy New Year, and uh, everyone continue to stay safe out there. All right? Peace. Top fives and deep dives with Tata PTM. 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 My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese, followed by Quentin Tarantino.